0: everyone welcome to morning matcha today's guest is jordan younger she's the founder of the balance blonde which is a blog a podcast and she also is a wonderful author and we're super excited to be here with her today thank you so much for having me thank I'm you So excited
1: to be on and chat with you it's been a long time coming
0: yeah we've been talking about this for a little while now i think i was actually pregnant maybe when we were talking about yeah, so his so. husband and now he's turning a year old so it's a while time has flown yeah but I know that you've been going through a lot on your healing journey and I'm just so interested in talking about that with you because it looks and sounds and feels like you're doing a lot better now and but also I know that you've been through just so much and I am so interested in learning about all of it because you've been so open and so willing to share with everyone, not just through your social media, but also you had that book come out and it was really about going from being vegan to not being vegan. And now you're vegan again, which I think is I really resonate with that personally, because I like used to be super extreme in terms of being um like very, very strict, vegan, and then raw, and then I ended up getting sick, and then I had to find my balance, and um, for me, it is mainly plant-based, but I am not fully at this point, but I just love hearing about what other people have gone through, and just finding out what works for them, because I think there is no right answer for just one, it, everyone's different, and I totally agree, yeah, so, Let's like start from the very beginning. I know I'm sure some people who are listening to this or watching us, they have probably listened to some of your interviews or listened to your podcast in the, in the past or whatever. But I think it's nice to kind of get a really nice background for where we are now. So like, where did you grow up <laughs> and, and yeah, up until kind of what inspired you to do, uh, to start the blog?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Sacramento, Mm -hmm. California, Northern California, and I was there until college. Then I moved to LA and went to Loyola Marymount University, just five miles from here, super close. Mm -hmm. And I was always really interested in health and what kind of put me on the path to loving wellness and yoga. We were just talking about yoga Mm -hmm. and fitness and all the good wellness stuff is that I've had stomach problems my whole life. I've had digestive issues and I, my parents say that I was born with stomach problems, mm-hmm. just would scream every time they fed me. Um, they were so worried. My mom was like, what is going on? My child is allergic to food. And yeah, so it's truly been a theme
0: your whole life. my
1: whole life because mm-hmm. people always ask me when did your health issues begin and the truth is I was born a certain way I was born very sensitive and my parents were really proactive and supportive and they still are
0: oh, I've been with them all nice. day
1: at different doctor's appointments they're just incredible yeah um,
0: so, are they still up in Sacramento? So they split their time.
1: Mm-hmm. They're here 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. They actually live in the same building as me and oh, my fiance. Wonderful. And people might think that that's crazy, but we're super close. Yeah. They're my best friends. And I need a lot of help, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, with my health, with my business, with my life, with my wedding planning. Mm-hmm. and my Yeah, parents. there's a lot going yeah, on. my parents are just... My everything. So when I was young, they took me to all different kinds of doctors from um, from therapists to talk about, like, is this anxiety-induced? And, you know, part of it probably was. And the
0: other part of it was actually physical. Um, That's cool that they tapped into some of that, too, that that role. It, I mean, they, they play a role in each other, right? They do. Yeah.
1: yeah. So the mind-body connection... Mm-hmm is huge Mm -hmm. and I feel like when I was five years old in therapy (laughs) I realized that already back then because I could see that um, the anxiety that I felt about certain things I could feel it in my body and it would affect my digestion and food and everything else so by the time I was about 14 I had seen every type of doctor (laughs) we had ever heard of at that mm-hmm. time. There's a lot more now. Um, and nobody ever could find anything wrong with me. I mean, not even the slightest thing. Every test came back as just normal. perfect, mm-hmm. normal colonoscopies, endoscopies, wow, everything was normal all that. back when I was so young. Um, and,
0: um, what, how did you feel going through that process? Like, did you, were you willing to do it all because you just wanted to feel better or were you scared or how was that? I just as a wanted child? to feel
1: better. Yeah, I was very fearless when it came to doctors and tests. And I think part of that is just not feeling well your whole life. You're so dedicated to wanting to feel good mm-hmm. and wanting to feel better. And I think the only people I felt that ever truly understood that were my parents because they saw the pain that I was truly in. Um, And I was really sick as a child. I had whooping cough and pneumonia. Oh my gosh. In and out of school and had to stay home for basically a whole year. And I was always so willing to just do anything, do anything to see. I was always praying for answers. Um, And yeah, and the endoscopies and everything would come back. The doctors would say, you have the cleanest, Stomach lining we've ever seen. And so then at that point, you just start to question, am I crazy? Yeah. Does everybody feel this way? And I'm the only person who can't handle it. Mm-hmm. That's what I started to think. Everybody must just feel this way all the time. And I'm just so sensitive, quote unquote. This is what I would tell myself that I just can't handle it. You so can't stomach
0: the pain. Literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. And I had
1: always been told Oh, Jordan, you're just so sensitive, Aww. like, you know, by in who? all Like, like other family members um, or do
0: everybody. you have siblings? Uh,
1: I do. I have three older siblings. So I'm the baby by 14 years. Wow. So really big age difference. I have nieces and nephews who I was six when they started being born. So my family is interesting and mm-hmm. different in the sense that we're really spread out. Mm-hmm. My parents are older older, specifically my dad. He's in his seventies, but people are shocked because he looks so young Mm -hmm. and very young at heart. Um, so yeah, I had been told by everybody, Jordan's just sensitive. Jordan is just crazy. Jordan feels everything. Um, literally everything. Like I had to wear my socks inside out. I was very, gosh, I love that. Yeah. Just obsessive compulsive Yeah, um, diagnosed and, and everything. So it was quite an interesting journey. I started eating really healthy when I was about like 13, 14, because I figured out if I don't eat healthy or if I don't eat fast food or greasy food or all that stuff that a lot of other people eat, I won't feel as bad. Yeah. So I started investigating being vegetarian, being gluten-free way before there were
0: gluten-free Options mm-hmm. um, or vegetarian options, which probably and, made you feel even better because now those options uh, can be like sometimes really difficult to oh totally too. totally. Yeah. So back then,
1: yeah, it was all I. I was very I was always in the pursuit of feeling better, always in the pursuit of wellness, and it was great because it led me to healthy food. It led me to yoga when I was about 14
0: mm-hmm. and I took yoga around that time really? too. Just was it Bikram yeah. like we were talking yeah. about?
1: Yeah. Same. So I think back then there were not a whole lot of yoga options. Mm-mm. I started going to Bikram in Sacramento. I swear it was probably the only yoga studio in Sacramento yeah. and I fell in love and I went every day and Then this other incredible studio opened called Suda that's still open in Sacramento. And I started going there, fell in love. It's vinyasa. It's heated. Yeah. The community is amazing. It changed my life. Um, It introduced me to other healthy people. I was so young still, like for sure the youngest person who was going to the studio all the time. But I met other people who were vegetarian and vegan and not that it's all about food, but people who had like-minded interests. And it was great. I would Mm -hmm. go twice a day, beg my parents to let me do a teacher training, which I finally did a few years after. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then I went to college and had
0: a really normal college experience. How was that, navigating college while eating well? Were you able to find friends that were also interested in the same things, or was that difficult? Well, did you? L-
1: I kind of fell off of that healthy train for a while. Yeah, I was also on the flip side of being so sensitive and so health conscious, extremely social. I loved to party. I would do. I I was pretty wild, and so
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, like I would. I'll just tell you, I'm wild. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into I, I, it. I was wild,
1: <laughs> and would I was in a sorority, and it was a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. I had a really good experience in college um, and very much the party lifestyle, drinking all the time, so much alcohol, um, out all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I was doing yoga and I was eating healthier than most people. Mm-hmm. But that time in my life, I really wasn't as dedicated. And it's okay. Like, I'm glad that was part of my journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I had a good, fun college experience mm-hmm. and met so many friends. And definitely when I met friends at LMU who were health conscious, yogis, we were instantly like, oh, we understand each other. Yeah. Um, but most of my friends know, mm-hmm. and we're still friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can be friends with people Anyone. who are so different. And now I, I feel I've influenced so many of those people who I was friends with in college and remain close with, because without me <laughs> and without my blog and just the constant talking of health and wellness, I think it wouldn't be so much a part of some of these people's lives. yeah, but I love to be able to influence them um and my family and other people. So, yeah, so that was pretty much my journey up through college. And then, I always had some other kind of lingering issues like insomnia um, my whole life. So college, I was
0: literally awake through all of college, i say. Like I never slept. It was really hard. I always wonder because I've never experienced insomnia. And I just wonder what that's like. I mean... What does that even mean? You literally can't go to bed? Yeah. Like, do you lay in bed and you just stay awake? Yes. It's awful. It's for sure
1: a disease. It's, I used to just be so confused by it because I would see people fall asleep very easily and I just wouldn't understand. And, I mean, it's partial coupled with anxiety that will keep you awake. Um, Looking back, I have a lot more answers now because which we'll get into, I've been diagnosed now with Lyme disease and all sorts of other things that make a lot of sense that I have certainly had for a long time. Insomnia is um, a symptom of Lyme disease, specifically Babesia, which is a co-infection of Lyme. So when you look at all the Babesia symptoms, that's so me. Mm -hmm. So my doctor, my Lyme specialist calls me a Babesia girl because there's like all different types of co-infections but i have the insomnia i have the rashes um
0: lots of other issues with and that rashes are always there or they come and go they come and go mm-hmm.
1: yeah so now i'm kind of like skipping ahead in my story but yeah yeah back then yeah so the insomnia you literally just lay there and you try to sleep and your mind will not turn off and your body can be so tired that you just want to cry and you do cry, and your body is just screaming for rest, but you literally can't fall asleep. Okay, so that was happening in
0: college, (laughs) Yeah, and obviously you were partying, but you were having fun, but you were also experiencing all these symptoms at the same time, all four years. Yeah. And then what happened, I mean, after college? I mean, I always find that interesting too, because I think as a society, the whole education thing is so big, right? Like you want to go to, you want, you go to high school, that's mandatory. You go all throughout (laughs) high school and then you kind of get to choose your own thing. But most people go, I think to college or most people that can. And, um, and, but I think after that, it's, a time where you're like, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? This is all I kind of thought about. I didn't plan after this. So Mm -hmm. what was that time like for you? And I w did you start balance bond right away?
1: Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Looking back, I question, I'm glad I went to college, but I also feel I really didn't have to, given what I'm doing now. Right. (laughs) And a lot of people say that. And, um, That would be my advice to anybody listening who's maybe in high school or young is just explore what's important to you. Because Mm -hmm. if you're a creative type or you are an entrepreneurial type or maybe you don't even know what you are yet and you probably don't, um, you don't have to just follow what everyone's doing. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I had to. I had to do what everyone's doing And I was so back then, I don't think I would have just gone against the grain Mm -hmm. in such a distinct way. But now looking back, oh my God, I wish I would have like been homeschooled in high school and just explored what I loved. And what, that's a different story for a different day. Um, After college, I started the Balanced Blonde, but it was called the Blonde Vegan at first. Vegan food blog um, in my final semester of college. And that's when I kind of stopped partying and returned to who I feel I really truly am which is someone who's very passionate about wellness and feeling good and sleep you know like I wanted to get back to that healthy routine Mm -hmm. so I started the blonde vegan this is when Instagram was brand new this was 2013 okay
0: so So we're like a year apart I graduated 2012 oh nice yeah where did you go Oregon State. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I found my vegan-ness up there. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like I I always felt like I would have loved Mm -hmm. Oregon. So, yeah,
1: 2013, Instagram, I think, started in 2011. Mm -hmm. So, it was new. People were using it mostly for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. So, to start an actual brand slash blog on Instagram, people were doing it, and I saw people doing it, and... I felt like this is something that I can do. Wow. I'm following all these vegan food bloggers. I take pictures of my food. I'm super passionate about the way that I eat because I had been vegetarian and then I had gone in and out of that. But in my senior year of college, I went vegan. I went through this huge breakup and kind of just rededicated my to myself. So went vegan, uh, was teaching yoga, And kind of just took a stand on, Mm -hmm. I don't care if I'm doing different things than all of my friends. I don't care if I'm not going to all the parties. I just don't care about this stuff anymore. I Mm -hmm. just want to be me. Mm -hmm. And it was a very liberating time. So I look back on starting The Blonde Vegan with such happy memories. It was such a good time. Um, So I started that Instagram account, got very into styling food, photographing food, I lived with six girls. I had my own refrigerator at this point. They (laughs) thought I was crazy. They would complain that our house smelled like vegetables. It was so funny. Um, So funny. Looking back. What part of LA were you living at this point? In Westchester, Mm -hmm. right behind LMU. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we had a beautiful house and... Westchester.
0: Great. Um, and were you doing that full time or were you? No. Oh, well, yoga. You were teaching yoga. Yeah,
1: I was teaching yoga. I was in college. I was starting my blog. Mm-hmm. And then I was committed to go to grad school in New York. Oh. The new school for creative writing. Wow. So I was continuing on this educational path and what um, did you study in college? I studied English. Oh, okay. So creative writing. Creative writing, journalism, Mm -hmm. playwriting. I was very into all different kinds of writing and I Mm -hmm. still am. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I didn't I couldn't imagine myself doing a, a nine to five job. I would tell my friends who are all applying to jobs after college or at the end of college, I'm never going to do a nine to five. <laughs> and they would laugh at me just like you just did. Yeah. They were just like, okay, cool. Like, no, whatever. I love hearing um, you
0: say that to your friends that are applying. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Well,
1: yeah. I'm like, we're different. You're <laughs> yeah. going to love it. I'm not, I'm yeah. going to do something different. Not that one is better than the other. Everybody has what they love, what they enjoy. Yeah. But totally. my interests were not that. And I had interned at Desk jobs and I didn't last even like a day. I mean, mm-hmm. it just wasn't for me.
0: So I went Which to. Which doesn't mean that you don't work just as or oh more yeah. as hard because you're around the clock Real probably hard now. For yeah, for sure.
1: So yeah, I moved to New York. I went to the new school. Oh, um, you did do that? Yeah, cool. for creative writing and was blogging the whole time. And this went quickly from a hobby to a total full time job, the blog which I wanted it to, it was really fun. Um, Blogging was still so new. My family, my parents would say, um, focus on school, Mm -hmm. stop focusing on the blog. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't, I just cared about the blog so much. Mm -hmm. I cared about my audience. I couldn't believe there were so many people out there who were interested in health and wellness. I had like a couple people in my life like that before and then on the internet met so many it felt so good. Um, so I stayed in New York at grad school for a year and then after the first year or in the middle of the first year, I decided I'm going to finish the year, but I'm not going to come back Mm -hmm. because it's just silly to split my time in half and Mm -hmm. to, um, dedicate myself to something that I'm really not committed to. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot happening in my family, which, was challenging, and um, like, what? Well, so
0: <laughs> I when know. I was
1: living in New York, um, my so my dad, who, uh, as I mentioned before, is older, he's retired. Um, he was an investor in this rubber glove business for many years. Mm-hmm. And when I was living in New York, we ended up finding out that um, the whole thing was a Ponzi scheme. But my dad had been wor- working with this, with this person for ten years, and um, was kind of like a huge part of our life. Yeah, and it was very, it was very earth shattering. So there was tons of lawsuits happening. Um, my dad, my parents, my whole family were victims in this Ponzi scheme. Oh it was gosh. the biggest Ponzi scheme in Northern California. Um, ever I think second to Bernie Bernie Madoff, and very similar kind of situation. So I got a call from my parents, um, just saying, you know, this is what's happening, and you need to know. And um, it was just crazy. He had invested pretty much everything that he had, and I was very used to my life being one certain way, and then. With the flip of a switch, it was a completely different life. Mm-hmm. And um it really forced me to ask myself, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm living in New York, going to grad school that I don't care about. Um grateful to be in grad school, but I I'm not even I'm I'm not even putting any effort into it. So why would I be here? And for the first time in my life I had to ask those questions because I just looked at the situation that I was in and I realized I, I want to provide for myself. I've been handed a lot Mm -hmm. and I've, I've been so privileged and now I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to show my dad, you don't have to worry about me. I'm going to do my own thing. You guys are deep in a terrible mess yourselves and I don't want you to have to think about me um, in that way. Mm -hmm. So I decided to leave grad school, which was pretty. My parents didn't want me to, and yeah, uh, you know, it's a tough um, decision. Yeah, but it made a lot of sense to mm-hmm. me. And at the same time, I was just following my intuition. My intuition said move back to California, and I didn't know why because I love New York so much. Mm-hmm. But it was very strong. Like you have to move back to California to blog full time, be in the sunshine, be around mm-hmm. all your friends from college and and family that lives here. So I moved back and right after that year, um, you moved back or you, did you stay for a little bit? I was there for a year Mm -hmm. and then I moved back Mm -hmm. and then I missed New York and was like, did I make a horrible choice? Yeah. What am I doing? But, um, things started working out and Mm -hmm. I, so the goal of being in a master's program for creative writing is to write a book. And right when I left grad school, I got a book deal, Wow, that that's... was all through the
0: blog. So oh, really? It was
1: quite the affirmation that I was
0: making a good decision. And at the time when you got the book deal, you've written one book, right? That it, It's on orthorexia, and did you when you got the book deal, did you know it was going to be on orthorexia? Yeah, oh, so okay. it was like,
1: oh my God, such a whirlwind time in my life. All this was happening in my family, I had a vegan food blog. I decided that I wasn't really sure if veganism was still working for me. And because of everything going on in my family and all sorts of other things, I was kind of using food to control my life. Totally, I I get that. I also had a lot of health issues and was just trying to feel better. So I felt like everything I'm doing right now with food doesn't really feel like it's working. So I wrote on my blog about transitioning from being vegan and, uh, I used the word orthorexia, which I Googled and found out was a thing. Yeah. And the orthorexia component of that blog post that I wrote was so interesting to people. And the post went very viral. Um, just extremely, I was on good morning America, the today show
0: just so organically.
1: Many- Oh my god! Yeah, no, completely. People always are like, "Who's your publicist?" I'm like, I don't have one. Yeah, I just, I just share. People find it interesting, and that's great. That's that's the way of social media, mm-hmm. I believe. So it was a crazy time because it was it was great to be getting publicity for my blog and everything that I was working so hard on, but it was also inviting in a lot of. Criticism from people who didn't know me, didn't know my work, didn't know my ethics or anything. So I was getting a lot of hate from the
0: vegan community. I'm and sure. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's a big deal to say oh, it was I'm horrible. not. Death threats. Were you like, nervous to share? I mean, how long were you feeling that way before you shared with your community? No,
1: I, I wasn't. I just felt like. I had such a responsibility sharing my life. Mm-hmm. And I had been sharing on my blog at this point for a year saying that people with these similar stomach problems to me, similar health issues, at the time undiagnosed, like veganism can help you. And so I had to be honest and say, well, actually, like veganism's not helping me right now. So I need you to know that just in case you're listening you're feeling to me the same, yeah. um, and feeling the same and so no, I felt a very strong personal responsibility to be honest, and I just was. I just wasn't. Uh, I wasn't afraid. I shared it on my blog before I even told half of my closest friends, and they're like, "What do you mean yeah. you have an eating disorder?" And the whole thing, it was. It was just a very chaotic time, and um, and that's when I got the book deal, and I wrote it really fast, and I had a really quick deadline, and. That's um, so cool. It was cool, and I know that it helps people. And and just yesterday, I met someone on the street who said that it saved her life, and that was amazing. Mm-hmm. However, looking back, I see a lot of things about it where I don't I don't resonate with that part of my life anymore. I think but that I'm, happens when you
0: create something, yeah, too, especially a book that's yeah, like set in stone. Totally. So I really
1: look forward to writing another book. Mm-hmm. I'm. I was what, 23 when I wrote that book, so I just, yeah, it, that, it captures changes. that time in my life. Yeah,
0: and what, okay, so when was that, like 2014,
1: 2015?
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, that's kind of when I went through a similar situation. I ended up seeing Dr. Sadegi, who's a doctor yeah, over here, funny. and he was just kind of like, go home eat everything. Don't think about it because I was just kind of like, yeah, because I was just like, but then I was like, what do you mean eat everything? Obviously he knew saying that to someone like me, I was still going to like source things and, and make sure, but I still, you know, I was like, I don't think my body even knows how to eat meat. Um, because I hadn't eaten it since I was like 11. Right. Um, But yeah, bone Bross and stuff, and your book came out around that time, and I thought that was so interesting, and I totally resonated with it as well. I'm one of those people. Good. (laughs) But then I thought it was so I thought it was so brave of you. I thought it was so incredible that you shared about orthorexia because most people didn't know about it, and and then obviously you found out for yourself that you know, you prefer to go back to plant-based eating or when, what happened with that whole thing, like Lyme and yeah, did you know you had Lyme's disease? Not at that time. Okay.
1: So no, I was still navigating the very tricky waters of feeling very sick and having no diagnosis whatsoever. And when I moved back, I met my now very good friend, Kelly Levesque, who's a nutritionist and probably most people listening know her because she has just become really popular. And yeah. back then she was new at what she was doing. And mm-hmm. so was I. And, um, That's so fun. We're doing an a event lot. with her
0: actually. We're oh, yeah. okay,
1: great. Yeah. So her sister went to college with me and oh, cool. we were just connected that way. Uh, actually, my fiance introduced us, but him and I were not dating back then. So mm. she, she helped me a lot and she tried to teach me about being healthy without being a vegan. And then she introduced me to Dr. Lekos in Santa Monica, functional medicine doctor who ran blood tests and hormone panels. And that was the first time I ever got confirmation that things were off. I had things off with my hormones and nutrient deficiencies and just typical things like that, that I feel a lot of people are suffering from. Mm -hmm. And he put me on a lot of supplements and for a little while that was good and then because I am extreme like you said Mm -hmm. you can relate to I was very interested in going the other direction and Mm -hmm. tried being keto and paleo okay yeah um, even though I was pretty aware at that point that labels were not really Mm -hmm. my friend I was still trying the basic principles of those lifestyles Mm -hmm. and I was getting a lot of From the nutritionist that I was talking to, like, yeah, try it. Um, A lot of positive feedback. So I did some keto living, and that was not a time that I look back on fondly. Mm -hmm. I was also running a marathon and just doing everything really extreme. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling okay, like on all the supplements. I felt like they really helped me. And then it was around two years ago, two summers ago, that I started to not feel good at all. And started to feel so chronically fatigued that I just didn't have the energy that I was used to having. I, my skin started to break out on my face, like terrible cystic acne, head wow. to toe
0: eczema and hives. And you can't even tell, by the way, your skin is like glowing. Thank and you. I want to just say that because I've been thinking about that this whole time. Thank like you. she's gorgeous and looks I've so beautiful. Yeah. Way.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you. So. That was a really scary time. And I went back to Dr. Letkos and was like, there are so many issues. Like, what are these rashes? And he was like, that looks like candida. So then I'm still thinking it's gut issues. We did a lot of tests and things came back. But the truth is I needed a specialist, a Lyme specialist. And I didn't know that. I was not really aware of much anything about Lyme disease, so all that was happening. I ended up finding out that I had a fibroid on my uterus that was the size of a grapefruit. So wow. that's really big. And, yeah.
0: um, did you have to get it removed?
1: Yeah. I had surgery last summer. So I found out about that. And then with the fatigue, the hives, um, gut issues, hormone issues, all those things combined, I felt like I was falling apart. And I did It didn't even dawn on me that this could all be from one diagnosis. This this could all be one thing. I felt like everything was happening very wrong. So am I allergic to the world? What's going on? I was cutting out foods. And this is what gives me so much sympathy for my younger self with orthorexia. Because I know now I was cutting out foods because I felt terribly ill because I was (laughs) terribly and chronically ill and I was just trying to manage it without having any help at all any help from a professional Mm -hmm. so um my friend her name's Celeste she has a blog too it's called the true spoon Mm -hmm. she messaged me she texted me when I was having all these health issues and she said I met this doctor she's a Lyme specialist and I think you have Lyme disease (gasps) because this Lyme specialist that I met was um, you know, this is in Celeste's voice talking about, um, women that she treats who have hormone issues and fibroids and rashes and fatigue and gut issues and all the stuff
0: that you have. So, so you could possibly have, Lyme. yeah. And That's she's like, I don't really... want to scare you, but I think you might yeah. have Lyme. That's brave for her to tell you that for, to say to someone, I, I think you have Lyme She disease. saved
1: yeah. me in many ways. I'm so grateful. So she told me that, but at that time, I remember where I was, I was standing in a CVS pharmacy, like, I don't even know what I was doing there, but I remember getting the message and just thinking, I'm too overwhelmed to see another doctor. At this point in my life, how many doctors have I seen? Nobody has ever helped me. I have no faith whatsoever. The only person who's ever helped at all is Dr. Lekos, and he doesn't even know what's going on with me. Yeah. So, I kind of put it off. I was going to Bali and trying to treat things in a spiritual way, which was yeah you know, uh, part of the part of the puzzle, but
0: not completely and this so, is last year two years ago, oh, two years ago. Yeah. so it was right when you had started seeing Letgos not like a year later. Or... so I
1: started seeing Dr. Legos five years oh, ago, oh okay, like when okay. I first moved back okay, to l a yeah, I know it's all very like, yeah. it's such a journey um so. I, I had just started seeing him again. Okay, I see. Yeah, um, to start looking into things in a deeper way. And I so I finally, I went to Bali. And in Bali, I got just even sicker. Like, I couldn't even move. My trip was not fun because I was just in bed the whole time. My hives were, it was like a whole other person on mm-hmm. top of me with the amount of hives that I had because they were just, it was awful. I was there for a month and it was a very big awakening time for me to realize when I go home, I have to figure my health issues out or else I just can't even continue on. Cause I was so tired. The insomnia was crazy, but I couldn't sleep, but I couldn't move. I had so much joint pain. It was really scary. Mm -hmm. So I made an appointment to see the Lyme specialist, Dr. Lehman and um, saw her right when I got back from Bali. We did all the Lyme testing. It took about a month to get the results. And when I went back, I finally got all the answers that I had been seeking my whole entire life. Pretty well. I wonder much.
0: how long you've had Lyme. Can
1: I know. Can you tell or No. They the only tell. thing we can tell is they can tell from the blood test if it's chronic, which means if you've had it for more than a year, and they can kind of tell once you start being treated given how quickly or slowly you get better, how long it may have been in your system. So I can only guess that I have probably had Lyme for about a decade. Wow. But I know looking back, even as a child, I had some of the symptoms. So I think, yeah, some people are prone to getting sick and that goes along with genetic mutations Mm -hmm. that I have and all sorts of other things. So, uh, and a weakened immune system for various reasons. So I was very grateful to be sitting in that office finally and receive a diagnosis of Lyme disease, 12 different co-infections, mold toxicity illness. I was living in an apartment that had mold, which is what flared my Lyme up Mm. over
0: finally, like, after all those years. That makes sense. Like all those, um, all the rashes, everything that was leading up to Bali and stuff, yeah. that was all happening because yeah. of that.
1: Parasites, MTFHR, genetic mutation. I have that. mast yeah. cell activation syndrome, which is causing the hive. So it was great and it was terribly
0: overwhelming. Yeah. How did you feel emotionally? Like, did you cry? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I mean- sobbed. I mean, all I wanted were answers. I was literally praying before I went in there please, please, please let this Lyme diagnosis be positive. I want to have it because I want to get better. I want to know what I have. So some, someone can treat me. But then when I got there and got all those diagnoses at once, diagnoses at mm-hmm. once, I did cry. I was so overwhelmed because by the time my doctor even got to the page about Lyme disease, she had already covered like 50 pages worth of other things that I had. So mm-hmm. I was content with all of that beyond. And then the Lyme. And then at the same time, I was, uh got, you know, a prescription for like 30 different supplements and five different medications. And so it's
0: like a, all over IV again. Ozone. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go
1: home and make like this whiteboard calendar of just even the medications that I take in a day. It was very overwhelming. Um, Yet also a huge blessing because I had been walking around for so many years, like so many people do with no answers, Mm -hmm. undiagnosed and feeling completely misunderstood and crazy. And again, even feeling as terrible as I felt at that point, I still thought maybe everybody feels this way. Maybe they do. Maybe I just can't handle it. And of course, that's so far from true. Mm -hmm. Now I know people feel healthy and they feel normal and they feel good, and I've I've been feeling terrible, and that is not normal. And that's a great thing to realize to know that there is health and energy to work towards. And yeah, and not exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to feel so tired that you can't get out of bed and you can't do anything. And And like your lifestyle obviously would have nothing to do with that and, and no superfood, no, none of that. You need to actually get, you know, do a treatment, a protocol for what you're going through. So that is super overwhelming, but at the same time feels really great. But mentally, I mean, just, I'm sure exhausting to keep track of everything and run uh, your business. And yes. then also around that time is that when you got engaged? Yeah, so
1: I got diagnosed in June. I got engaged in August, and
0: which is exciting. But then oh, another yeah. thing you're planning. Yeah, probably. totally. And-
1: I mean, it was wonderful to see like, wow, Jonathan, my fiance, will propose to me when I'm this ill, and now he's seeing what what at least the next couple years of our life entail that. It was very wonderful to me to see that he's in this no matter what. Yeah. Um, I think it's very brave mm-hmm. to be with somebody who's chronic, Going through. chronically ill because, mm-hmm. well, brave and naive because he didn't even know,
0: <laughs> you know, like how chronic it really is. But he's in it with me. I know. I, I think most people now lime, lime or limes? Lyme. Lyme disease. I mean, more and more people are starting to talk about it because it's now, I guess, being diagnosed better. But um, I think at the end of the day, people still don't, including myself, don't understand really what that means, right?
1: Yeah. No, most people don't. And yeah. I certainly didn't before I got that text from Celeste. The only thing I knew about Lyme disease was... Yolanda Hadid went through it on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And (laughs) she really made it known. Um, And I'm so grateful for her because Mm -hmm. she was ridiculed by the entire country at that time. It was like five or six years ago. And people didn't believe in Lyme disease or especially in chronic Lyme disease. And it's still very controversial Many doctors will say chronic Lyme doesn't exist. All you have to do is take an antibiotic for three weeks. And if that were true, then the millions of people who are suffering would be healthy. So Mm -hmm. that's not true. Mm -hmm. But Yolanda put herself out there years ago on reality TV, got a ton of hate And backlash, just like people still do, but it was even worse five years ago. And that's all I knew about Lyme. And I didn't even watch the show. I just kind of casually knew that she had Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. And then I knew a couple friends of friends who had Lyme. And again, I was like, is it Lyme's disease? I don't know what it's called. Like I I was very unaware
0: until I started to go through it myself. I heard about a friend whose father had Lyme disease when we were younger and... All I knew was there's Lyme disease and you you have it for life. Something like that, right? Yeah, totally. So it is for life. And
1: I believe, because I'm such a wellness lover and a healing, you know, I believe in healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that people can heal from chronic Lyme and get to a very stable, manageable place. And then you will always have a sensitive system once you've been through this so important to be careful and to learn from the experience but I've seen people come out on the other side and be healthy and put lime in their past so that's that's what I'm working
0: toward mm-hmm. and you're feeling better now or how's well, it going now I don't
1: know I mean I definitely feel better than I felt um before I met my doctor and before I started getting treated I've done so much to be treated, supplements, medications, IV ozone, hyperbaric chamber, surgeries, stem cells. Like stems the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Like did they take what how did that work? I get umbilical cord stem cells from wow. a newborn baby injected At- straight into my bloodstream.
0: Where? Just in uh, the
1: right into your arm. And I've done it four times, so it's best to do it monthly until you start to feel better it's outrageously expensive I mean sometimes I feel bad even talking about it because I know it's not available to Mm -hmm. the vast majority of people who are suffering but it's helped me and I feel fortunate that I've been working so hard for all these years and continue to be working even through this whole illness journey Mm -hmm. although I did take some time off but not very much because I want these treatments Mm -hmm. and Um, And to have access to them, I feel very, very grateful. Mm -hmm. So stem cells have helped. I am feeling a little bit better. Most recently, yesterday, I was just at a holistic dentist in Beverly Hills. Actually, she's not even a dentist. It's a periodontist. And they look at like the bone and the nerves Mm -hmm. and the sinuses all around the teeth um, because a lot of people with Lyme, In fact, almost everybody with Lyme, and this is something that people just don't know, if you've ever had your wisdom teeth removed or any other surgeries in your mouth, then you can get Lyme toxins deep into your gums. So Lyme toxins, parasites, toxins in general. Once you have Lyme, Uh, that happens? exactly. So people with Lyme often Mm -hmm. have these cavitation. They're called cavitations. So I got an x-ray yesterday, found out that I have cavitations in all four... areas where I got my wisdom teeth out so later this month I'll be having an oral surgery on my mouth to get those removed or to clean out the area people have said people who are healing from Lyme that this is like the biggest game changer for them and they started to feel really healthy after but yeah every day is different they say
0: that like dental hygiene and everything starts in your mouth right
1: yeah because when you think about it like all everything that drips down from the mouth goes Mm -hmm. directly into your your bloodstream mm -hmm. um and that's why it's so important to see a dentist that does things I mean this is my opinion Mm -hmm. there's so many opinions out there my opinion is a a dentist who does things holistically Mm -hmm. and see and knows I mean Now they're finding links between breast cancer and dental work and mercury in the mouth and root canals and all those other things. So that's like a new piece of the healing puzzle to Mm me. And I feel grateful for that. But yeah, to answer your question, some days I feel better and some days I don't
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, before I came here today. I was in bed from, so I had, I was at the doctor's office this morning, got home at like 11 and I was in bed r- right up until I came here oh because goodness. that's just my life. And mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to know that because it's worth it to me to come out of my home and connect with people and mm-hmm. it makes me happy and it makes me feel healthier. But my body is not always in a place to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm grateful for you to come out and talk to us and share your story. And and yeah, I mean, I, I think that it takes persistence and you're obviously really passionate about it. And, and the more you learn about your journey, you're obviously sharing it with others. And, and it sounds like a lot more people are finding out that they're diagnosed as well. And so it's nice to have someone like you to look up to and also someone who's holistic about what they're going through and not just taking the antibiotics and and then searching for why they're not feeling better still. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I've been following along and wondering, like, what's going on? I want to know. And so it's just nice to hear it all from you, really, because you just never know. It's nice to connect in person, but it takes a lot of energy to do that. It and does. The, and That's why it took a year since the last time we spoke. Yeah, But I know
1: you also had a baby and you've had things going on in your own life. But for a year, I did not go on anyone else's podcast because I knew that the limited energy that I had, I was trying to maintain my own podcast, mm-hmm. which I somehow have
0: done. Yeah, which <laughs> and is And it still incredible. comes out every week.
1: Um, that is hard. It is. And I, I look back and I see that for a long time for at least like 11 months of the podcast I didn't really sound my best and I'm just starting to sound a little stronger again and but I did it Mm -hmm. and it's you know people who are listening they're along for the journey and it's not perfect because I had a lot of brain fog and I'd be talking to my own podcast guests and completely forget what they were saying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I just brain fog is a huge part of life yeah. and, and exhaustion. And then I, we'd be like in a uh, 45 minutes in and I would just be physically done.
0: Totally. Um, yeah.
1: So listening to the podcast myself, I'm like, wow, you can definitely actually see my improvement. I know I'm getting healthier because I'm feeling better and I'm finding more enjoyment again in the things that I love.
0: Mm mm-hmm. What about the whole, uh, you did an audio course. So I'd love to learn more about how that came into fruition and what inspired that. So the
1: audio course is something that I started thinking about when I was in Bali on my solo healing journey last April. And I decided then and there that I wanted to create the course. And the course really channeled through me. I was very open to my angels, my guides, whatever you want to call it, the universe when I was in Bali and everything came straight through and it was amazing. And I also knew at that time, I can't go home and record this because I can't even maintain my podcast, my blog, my relationship, my life right now. So this isn't the right time, which was hard because I was so inspired and there was Mm -hmm. so much coming through and I knew that it would be amazing and it would help people, um, but I just couldn't do it. So I came home. I kind of put it on the back burner for a year. And then I've had a lot of experiences this year uh, that have really helped me, like plant medicine experiences, which I've talked about on my podcast that have really opened me up.
0: What and kind of plant medicine?
1: Ayahuasca what oh, okay. and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but on ayahuasca, in these ceremonies, I have had just the most tuned in visions of my life
0: in group ceremony or private group Mm -hmm. ceremony I've done it once okay yeah amazing did Mm -hmm. you do it in a group Mm -hmm. beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah I got
1: my fiance to come with me in May Mm -hmm. and in May during that ceremony I had a vision for the whole for the whole course and it really came through all over again and I kept getting the message from the universe and from the medicine the plant medicine It's time to do this. There's no perfect time. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be, well, yes, hopefully you will be perfectly healthy, Mm -hmm. but that's not the time. You're going to be doing other things when you're perfectly healthy. This is the time. Mm -hmm. So stop second-guessing yourself. You have everything you need. Just do it. So I was very invigorated after the ayahuasca ceremony. Um, That was my second ceremony. The first one had been wildly healing healing. I felt like I released just lifetimes of pain, lifetimes of sickness, and basically in two weeks, like a two-week period after that, I recorded all nine weeks of this course. Yeah, I was just thinking not about because you're like,
0: May, energy. I did the yeah. ceremony, and then I'm like, we're in July, she already yeah. launched it. I recorded the whole thing
1: in June, and wrote a PDF, and did the whole thing, and I really spent all of June creating this course and and now it's out and it's so amazing and I launched it for a two-week period mm-hmm. so on the 22nd the signups will close but then I'll reopen it whenever the time is right I just wanted this first group going through it to do it together mm-hmm. as a journey I'll be a part of it I'll be doing four webinars with the group And that's just really special. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a manifestation course, intuition, intention setting, learning how to channel. um, Basically everything that this whole healing journey has Has brought into my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Learning to trust your gut and knowing that you, yeah, I think just knowing that you're not crazy and like you kept saying this thread that kept showing up for you was, am I just too sensitive and everyone feels this way and, and how beautiful it is to know that, no, I, I know that there's something that's up and I'm going to trust that. And I'm going to continue looking into what that is because this isn't normal. Wow. So yeah, I mean, but now you're plant-based. Yeah. So now I'm plant-based. I,
1: hesitate to use the label, Mm -hmm. the labeling that I have in the past, Mm -hmm. especially because I know now that the vegan community, there's a lot more to veganism Mm -hmm. than obviously the health components. And I am an animal lover and I always want to do my best in that way. But I also, I put my health first. That's the kind of person that I am. That's where I am with my eating um i think it's important especially with my health problems so i call myself more plant-based and recently i started eating eggs again but um then again i'm not sure if i'll continue with that it's always just a learning experience Mm -hmm. for me so i'm always learning i started eating plant-based again around the time that i started to get really sick Mm -hmm. because my intuition again told me plants will help um I was so inflamed. I wasn't going to be eating any foods that were going to make it worse. I've found a lot of healing in the medical medium protocols, which are mm-hmm. plant-based. Mm-hmm. Celery juice, tons of raw food, but not all raw. Um, vegetables, I went away twice and did two water fasts. Right.
0: so impressive yeah
1: where i learned all about the salt oil Mm sugar-free vegan way of life and i'm very passionate again about that Oh, was, yeah, you shared
0: the recipe with us. Oh yeah, in your us. magazine. The, yeah, it's yeah, so exciting. it's beautiful. Thank that you. I've been
1: reading it. It's by Thank my you. bed. Or I should say I read the whole thing. Aww. I love cults. I love. The I'm medical addicted to learning about cults. I saw that, that he was yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of those stories were really interesting. I know it's so crazy. I love learning about cults. Yeah. My fiance makes fun of me because I love to watch like weird documentaries about you'll have to tell us what they
0: are because i'm always interested oh, I'll tell into, you. Yeah, yeah i've seen
1: a lot of good ones so yeah oh yeah the sos free way mm-hmm. of life i was fully sos free for a year and now wow. i'm pretty much still am but um Balanced. i'll have a little <laughs> bit of like olive oil here mm-hmm. and there yeah because i'm starting to feel better mm-hmm. so it's a little bit less before it was like I just want to feel good. I mm-hmm. will do anything to feel good. Now,
0: yeah, starting to feel better and just seeing what I can play around with. That's awesome. Well, that's so great. Thank you so much for coming thank on you. the podcast and taking the time to be here with us and and playing clue with me a little bit to try and find this place. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was yeah. great so fun to connect with you i love it yeah i'm excited to see where you take the audio courses and what's up next for you and for balance blonde and hopefully we can collaborate on something
1: yeah i would love that yeah thank amazing. you amazing thank you
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a comment or review and share with your friends. I'm always reading our comments and love hearing from you. So keep in touch and I'll see you next time.